0: Good afternoon. Welcome back. It's been a minute. Uh, Hopefully you still remember who I am. Gabe DeArmond with Power Mizzou, special edition of the live show coming to you. Uh, That always means we bring up another window, so you only have to see me in a picture half as large. Today, that is Eric at home. He is, uh, I, I didn't ask you this before. I'm going to call you the draft expert at NFL media. Does that work? Do you like guru? Is there something? Guru.
1: Similar? Yeah, I was going to say it's in my contract. You got to say guru. I'm sorry. That's the deal. But Okay.
0: Draft yeah. guru, multimedia star, Eric at home. Uh, between the Senior Bowl, a trip to Florida, the Combine, all the other things you are doing here in the next few months. Um, three days after uh, the greatest franchise, two days after the greatest franchise on earth, led by the greatest human on earth, has won the Super Bowl, so uh, into the <sighs> NFL off
1: season. Yeah, it is it is the offseason, and man, I'm ready for it, let me tell you. <laughs> Different kind of busy than the, the regular season, but yeah, congrats to your Chiefs, congrats to Andy and Pat for, for being the best at what they do currently, right? Belichick's not even in the discussion anymore, so,
0: you know. He doesn't even do it anymore, so he's yeah.
1: He's going to hang out in Nantucket or whatever, so yeah, unbelievable yeah. performance, and uh, we're into draft season now.
0: Yeah. So the NFL is like college sports. There's no off season. It's just like a relative term. It means the week like this week is basically the off season. So thanks for spending your off season with me. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to be here. Yeah. So let's get in into it. And for those of you who don't know, Eric is is a fellow Mizzou alum. So has always uh, always followed Mizzou guys maybe a little bit more closely than some people who do this. Um, This is a good year for it. eight guys get combine invites. I, I don't. Like, look, I haven't gone back through lists. I don't remember a year where eight Missouri players have been invited to the combine. I don't know how long they've been doing it. Like back, you know, the draft class that was like Kellen Winslow and Eric Wright and Howard Richards, maybe if that was a right. thing back then, but.
1: Yeah, I'd have to, I'm actually pulling it up right now. See if I can do it in real time. I know we were live here, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely been a minute since they've had a, that big a crop. I'm kind of looking at the 21 class that had Bolton Gillespie, Boreham Bledsoe, round I don't even know if all of those, those
0: guys were invited
1: yeah so that that one we can we can already say this one's got more than that 2015 Shane Ray DgB Mitch Morse Marcus golden Bud sass a pretty good class you know that's that that had more of the higher
0: picks I think maybe than this year we'll see but um, I believe, yeah. according to the NFL Scouting Combine, that was Oklahoma product Oriel on the Ah,
1: that's right. I guess he's on my database. He's still Missouri, so you're you're yeah. probably right about that. But yeah, you got to go back a minute. Uh, I would think maybe the the '09 class was was probably up there too. But yeah, it's a testament to to Eli and what they built there amid all the questions and everything. They clearly have talent. So uh, next year, everybody already knows about Burden as a possibility. I'm not supposed to talk about underclassmen, but we all know his okay. uh, his standing in college
0: football. Okay, uh, so I want to invite those of you who are joining with us live. Hit all the buttons you're supposed to hit. If you've got a specific question for Eric, put it in the comments. I'll get to it if I can. But we're going to kind of run through these guys. Um, let's start with you were down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl where Darius Robinson spent his week. I believe the technical term for it is making himself a crap ton of money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, living in the backfield was uh, sort of his uh, – his hobby down in Mobile. There's not a lot else to do down there except uh, you know, eat oysters and and do that, I guess. But um, great week for him. Just uh, you know, you couldn't have asked for a better performance and a and a better showcase for him. You know, I always say that, you know, the you, you want to meet GMs and head coaches, stand right by the offensive line, defensive line, one-on-ones. That's where a lot of them hang out. Um, you can kind of see who, who, who gets their attention and who who's uh you know, eyes sort of, sort of bulge a little bit. And and there were plenty of those. I mean, I, I think in one of my write-ups, I said that the only guy who kind of consistently slowed Darius down in those drills, and they are kind of geared to the defensive player. It's, it's one-on-one. There's no help. You know, there's no structure going on. It's just those two players. But even so, I think Javon Foster was the one guy who had probably the most head-to-head wins against Darius. And you know, three days of practice. These guys cycle through, uh, you know, a hundred different times. So you get to face everybody eventually, I think. And um, but you know, power, quickness off the snap, the long arm move. You know, his thirty-five plus inch arms are going to be very attractive. Um, uh, there's just a lot to like. Now we don't know his medical. If there's anything concerning there, we don't know how he interviewed, but. People I briefly talked to said, you know, he he came off well and there was, there was nothing on their radar. So great week for, for Darius. And now we're talking about him in that, you know, late first, early second round range.
0: Yeah. That, the one thing I can promise he'll do well is interview. Uh, one of the better kids to cover here in the last few years, but, I know, and I apologize for not specifically knowing your mock drafts and and where they're at. But there's a million of them out there, and I've pretty consistently seen him like in that twenty five to to thirty range. A few people do have him, and we know how that goes, right? It's about the team and what they need. And so going thirty four is not worse than going nine. <clears throat> it's just right cutoff is where we decide it's worse. Um, but you know, is that. Is that kind of the upside, or do you think he's a guy that that goes into April after the combine where you go, you're pretty confident he's a first rounder?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, there were some members of Darius's family down there, and I didn't get, you know, everybody's name. <laughs> They're all wearing the jerseys and everything like that. And I just sort of had a brief conversation with possibly an uncle. I couldn't I'm not hundred percent sure who I was talking to exactly. There was post practice, a little busy, but I said, What, what are we thinking? Are we thinking late first, early second. And the one said, little higher than that. And I said, Oh, okay. Interesting. Now this is a biased version, right? This isn't coming from an NFL team, but their, their thinking is their internal belief seems to be that he could maybe end up pushing kind of the middle of the first round. And, you know, truthfully, it's obviously the drafts in Detroit. I know you kind of mentioned that he's a Michigan kid and that would be a great story for him to be able to go back home and everything. You know, the, the edge class, if you kind of step back and look at it big picture, I don't know that there's a guaranteed top 10 pick, you know, maybe Dallas Turner from Alabama, you know, Layatu Latu from UCLA, age injury questions, Um, Jared Verse from Florida State. I don't know that he helped himself coming back to school. I don't think he hurt himself necessarily, but he did miss out on a year of salary if he, if he was concerned about that and. Those are maybe the top three guys, but I could see Robinson, especially to the right team, infiltrating that group because I, I think he's a different type of edge than the ones I just mentioned. He's definitely different than Chop Robinson at, at Penn State or um, let me think of another guy like Adisa Isaac, his teammate at Penn State. They're more of the smaller, quicker guys who get by on on speed, but Darius, his length is going to make him an interesting projection as well what do you make him do you make him a five tech and he's going up against head up on offensive tackles do you put him as a kind of a seven technique more of a traditional edge rusher some people said he's like a cam jordan type you know i mean that there's a lot you can do with him kick him inside on passing downs he's done that before so he, he almost is more scheme diverse than some of the other guys. And, and you never know like a good combine workout and, and great interviews. It wouldn't completely shock me if he ends up being the, you know, second or third guy off the board as opposed to number four, let's say.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. I don't always trust weights. I think previously he was listed like 300, 305. He played around 280 this year. I know he was 280 something in, in mobile. 86. But yeah. like, is, is that, can he play inside in the nfl uh, not every down certainly but yeah yeah kind of like i mean i don't i don't
1: think he's chris jones but i i also think that you could you could do that with him i mean i used cam jordan that was the name Dale jeremiah gave to me and we were talking between practices and of course he's the uh the real draft guru at, at nfl network and um but yeah like kind of that power end and you'll see jordan obviously go on stunts inside and, and work against guards and, and use his quickness. So, so yeah, not on an every down kind of snap or a basis rather. But you know, you think about Aaron Donald's like 280. Um, you know, his teammates about uh, um the other D tackle there uh Kobe Turner's maybe 285. So there are some quicker guys in that
0: range that so you know that and his length I think could, could help him do it. So you mentioned Javon Foster, too. We'll just we'll just stick there. Is he a day two, day two type guy? I, I mean, I know he's not a first rounder. Can he go second, third round? Because uh, honestly, coming into this season, he had, a, you know, whatever you think of PFF, had all these grades. and yeah. And people were so high on him. And look, I'm not going to pretend I sit and watch the left tackle during all games. But it surprised me a little bit. But he had a good year.
1: He did. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about that. And he looked the part down there. I mean, I think, you know, first of all, he played a lot of left tackle in practice and then ended up playing a lot of, excuse me, a lot of right tackle in the game. And I asked him about our teams looking at you specifically at tackle or also at guard. And he said, yeah, I've been asked about playing guard a lot too. So okay. I think he's kind of one of those, those tweener. I think he's probably a left guard. If I had to guess like, you know, where he's most likely to be drafted, but it wouldn't shock me if somebody, especially if, you know, if they've missed out on, you know, some of the, the top guys, and it's a pretty good class at tackle too. So, you know, I could see somebody maybe at the end of day two. Um, I don't have a great feel, but I would guess, you know, maybe on that day two, day three edge, rounds three, four, possibly could slip to round five. Only and Mostly because there is that question of does he have the, the – the sheer length to play outside. And you know how it is. These NFL people are so stuck on like, you got to have 33 inch arms. you got to be at least six, four, you know, I mean, they're, are always exceptions, but they, there are some benchmarks that they don't like to go, but below very often. And, and I forget his arm length, but it's borderline, you know? And so that'll be the the question. Is he a guard or a tackle? And that could change his projection by a full round, maybe.
0: So perfect example of that. I just want to handle these next two guys as as like a duo because it's the perfect example of on field production versus your numbers tell me where you should go. Yep. And anybody that watches Missouri play football the last four years says, I love Chris Abram's strength. What right. He has done it quarterback is ridiculous. Now he's six foot one, seventy-three, something like that, right? He's a little dude. Then you got this Rakestraw, and and coaches at Missouri have been telling me for a year. Ennis is going to go higher because the NFL teams are going to look at him. They're going to see the size. They're going to see the physicality, and they're going to project him to be something that maybe he hasn't quite been yet. So Ennis is suddenly everywhere I look. The first Missouri player off the board.
1: Yeah, I can see it. Right. Obviously, one of those need positions. Anyway, you know. I mean, there there isn't. I don't know if there's a clear cut number one corner to maybe Terry and Arnold from, from uh, Alabama, maybe it's Quinion Mitchell from Toledo, but I don't think you have to go too far until you get Ennis's name. And we might get, I would probably put the over under at about four and a half, five first round corners this year. And, you know, I think of him as cornerback four or five. I mean, I think he's right on that cusp of, of somewhere in the, 20 to 30 range if i had to guess so yeah absolutely i mean he, you know he you remember drink's reaction when he landed him as a recruit it was mm-hmm. such a you know viral moment for mizzou fans or whatever and uh, it i was, was just so spontaneous i didn't
0: feel like anybody planned that at all for I-
1: <laughs> <reason>. <laughs> couldn't have been right there's never engineering <laughs> on these sorts of things right um but i asked him about him last year and and you know it was down to the the uh, see your bowling and mobile and ran into him. I didn't, I saw him there this year, but didn't talk to him. Um, but yeah, he's, he was really pumping up Rakestraw over Abrams drape at that moment. Um, and you're right. I think the, the, the scouting report would be, here's a guy who maybe a little thin build. I mean, still could maybe use a little bit more, but boy, I think he looks pretty darn good with his, you know, over six foot good arm length, really physical learn how to tackle over his time at Mizzou became aggressive in that I feel like and having a corner who projects to be able to play press man is kind of a big deal I mean I can't tell you how many times I've like brought up a corner's name you know somebody like just say like Chris Abrams drain to a to an evaluator and say what do you think of this guy yeah you know 18 passes defended last year not you know four picks whatever and they'll say you know he's he doesn't fit our scheme. He can't play man or whatever, you know. And not every team plays man that much, but there are some who use it a third of the time, forty percent of the time, and they'll love, you know, they'll love the rake straw type. I think, especially. I had him going to Lions. I think at at twenty eight or nine, whatever they're picking, yeah. you know. So, and I had I had Robinson go to your Chiefs. So I had two uh, just just cracking round one.
0: So KAD is. Again, like I don't think Trent McDuffie, and I'm not saying he's Trent McDuffie, but Trent McDuffie right. is not the biggest dude in the world, right? Not at all. And went out and like could have been Super Bowl MVP if they actually voted on who played the best game. <laughs> um, and, and so it, it can't all be done by measurables, but but it lo- it seems like KAD is another guy. Like maybe day two, maybe day three, and like probably gonna have to have to prove some things in the camp.
1: And a quick story on Super Bowl MVP voting. I don't know if they do it this this way anymore, but like I remember my first Super Bowl and they handed me a ballot with like 10 the minutes left in the quarter. Yeah, going, okay, time to vote. You know, like, wait a minute, the game, it's a tie game. Like, who the f- heck am I voting for? Right. You know. Right. So those things are, are that way for a reason. I mean, but yeah, you could you can you could figure out why some MVPs are kind of head scratchers. But um, I think Chris is Probably a nickel, but like, like you said, I mean, Trent plays inside a lot and he had a huge impact on their season and that game. So, you know, there's, this is no slur. Look at Brian branch in Detroit. Now I know he played a little safety too, but uh, he was arguably their, you know, second best rookie on a team that had four really good rookies. So the, the position matters. It hasn't always translated to the draft. That's the problem. There seems to be a bias. Branch was picked 45th. You know, McDuffie was a first rounder and he could play outside too. But I do think there will be <clears throat> a little bit of the size thing held against Chris. And I think you saw it in the Tennessee game, you saw it in the Florida game. Teams try to go up top on him. They try to test him vertically and use that lack of length against him. Um, he didn't like that I brought up that example, by the way. I said, you know, I asked him about those situations. He kind of looked at me like, geez bringing up the bad stuff on me but you know he is an impressive well,
0: guess what chris welcome to the nfl that's yeah. all they're gonna bring up
1: I, i'm prepping you for your combine interviews yeah. dude you yeah, know he, he was fine i just think he was a little taken aback <laughs> when i sort of
0: it, it, after no a job week, interview yeah if ever included the question why were you so awesome that one day?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i'll work on my uh my questioning angles a little bit but yeah he's you know, for, for a guy who came to Mizzou, I don't think having played much DB, his footwork is terrific. I mean, his his instincts are terrific. And obviously, the, the ball production is exactly what you want. Highest level of football facing SEC receivers. There's a lot to like. Now, I mean, you know, he... Looked really good against normal size receivers down there, and then they put him up against Johnny Wilson from Florida State, six foot seven, two hundred thirty pounds, and you can imagine how that one went. So, okay, I think so size he can't, he, he can't
0: cover a tight end one-on-one. We know that.
1: I know, right? I, I, I think that's a little silly that they do that, but I get it. So, yeah, if I had to guess, somewhere in the eighty to 110 range which puts them right at the end around three but
0: you know a lot can happen between now and and april all right so those are the four guys like you agree those four guys are getting drafted they hear their name at some hundred percent for sure yeah i would be surprised
1: if we didn't get three of them in in the first two days yeah
0: yeah now now we've got four guys that like i I think decent chance but i don't know what to think about tyron hopper like i just on field production If he'd have come out last year, I felt like, hey, man, that's an NFL player. This year, he was a little banged up, production a little bit down. I mean, is he, like, am I underselling this? Is he a surefire draft pick somewhere, or is there a chance he doesn't get his name called?
1: Yeah, no, I I thought it was unfortunate that he had to back out, apparently injury-related or, you know, rehabbing, what have you, um, down at the Senior Bowl, because linebackers can be – tricky in this generation anyway right like we had they have to have some sort of special quality to them and athletically I don't know where he's gonna test that's my biggest worry and you're right I mean I haven't broken him down scouting what like I haven't sat there and done like a Tyron Hopper day but just anecdotally and from my memory the 2022 season was far better individually yeah he was often the best player on their defense at times so I just it felt like he was a, a tick slow on some plays, or wasn't trusting his eyes, or you know got beat to the edge, wasn't fast enough, physical issues, whatever. Uh, not to say that he's not a terrific football player. He may have been playing hurt, so the interviews and the and the health, you know, uh, quotient will matter when he gets to Indy. And yeah, I'm I'm conflicted. I don't really think we can say that he's a guaranteed pick at this point. But again, a good football player They're there are a lot of them who have to go that
0: route to, to prove themselves in the NFL. All right. So as long as we're talking linebacker, here's the guy I want to go to next. Cause when JC Carlisle went to the East West Shrine bowl and came in at 6'3, 231, I yeah, thought what the heck? that's a kid. You put it outside linebacker and he's a fast as hell outside linebacker. And like he can hit, we know he can hit if there's yeah. been a question at Missouri, I feel like it's been maybe the cover skills a little bit. So like, Is that nuts to think this kid could play line? He's only, I I looked it up. He weighs 12 pounds less than Willie Gay. (laughs) Right. That's not that much.
1: No. And there are, there are plenty of 230 pound. Now maybe they're more sub package guys, but there, there are smaller linebackers these days because they're asking them to cover and rush the passer. You know, the traditional stack and shed linebacker, like, you know, the, the Katzenmoyer types, they don't, They don't really exist anymore. And that also works against Hopper, but it may work towards JC's favor where he could be either a box safety or a, you know, a a Rover of some kind of, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage, which I think, you know, if you watch like the second half of the LSU game, I I think was, was where I first noticed it, like his angles to the ball, especially for a fast guy running like, like, like Jaden Daniels. You know, I just like it leaves something to be desired. And if you shorten that distance at that weight and, and height that you just mentioned, it's almost like, geez, why wasn't he up there to begin with? You know, so I was shocked. I did not know he was 230 pounds. You always see a couple measurements that kind of make you, uh, is that bigger than William Moore? Like, I mean, William Moore was rocked up like a, like
0: a zero. Yeah, i I'd have to look, but I bet it is. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, so he could be one of those players. And again, I know he was at the East West, and I I didn't talk to uh, Eric Galco or the guys out there about how he did. But, um, you know, I still think he's probably a deeper day three guy, if I had to guess. But but interesting
0: nonetheless, all of a sudden. Out of the guys we're talking about, there's no guy who I think could maybe help himself more in Indianapolis because, like, I think he's going to go run a time that makes people go, oh, Wait. Like I I think his combine performance might be better than what people see on tape from him in the last couple of years.
1: And you know what? I mean, that's I obviously there's there's up. probably some room to, to grow, but I remember seeing him as a as a sophomore and thinking, wow, who's this guy? You know, he's interesting. And felt like he never quite elevated his game consistently. There were plays, sure, flashes here and there, and and sometimes he didn't have to do that much. But I I agree. I don't know. The tape is misleading or not misleading it's a little confusing sometimes where you think you know I'd like to see a little better instincts you know sometimes he takes some false steps you know he can get a little bit turned around but yeah I agree I think you know I hadn't really to be honest hadn't thought about it till you brought it up but I I think if you consider the move and then see those testing numbers if he puts up what people you know are saying now he could do uh, you know, all of a sudden that kind of changes the profile on him. We've been grading him as a safety and saying it's a mixed bag. Now look at him as a linebacker. That could be a different
0: set of results right there. Well, we've got a big personal fan of yours. Uh, Craig Liebig appears to actually know you, so he says hello. So. <laughs> he does know me. I just saw him uh, at
1: the uh, Tennessee game. So that was uh, – There you go. What's up, Liebig?
0: <laughs> there you go. We're bringing your personal uh, personal friends in to bump the viewership numbers. Um, I had no idea he'd come in, right? So I I intentionally left these two for last because they're the most fascinating to me. First of all, like, do kickers run the 40 at the combine? Is that a thing? (laughs) Well, I I
1: remember distinctly, well, first of all, there was a punter who put up like 20-something reps on the
0: bench. It's optional. They can do whatever they want. They don't really have to. Well, I want Harrison Meebus to opt into running the 40. I want to see it
1: let let's I mean somebody on your board I noticed before I hopped on said let's do the rich Eisen challenge like let's get him and rich running (laughs) side by side maybe you have a decent race there but yeah I mean they don't they also don't put the the remember the Tom Brady like where he's looking all kind of skinny and gross and stuff like they don't do those photos anymore apparently so we don't get the body shot unfortunately but we'll see is
0: uh is like tackling ability, not tackling ability, but athletic. Look, if you're going to be in the NFL, you got to kick off, right? Like, is that something that's going to matter to teams? That hey, the guy's probably like doesn't isn't going to be the most athletic guy as our last line of defense. If anybody, yeah, I mean nobody ever returns kickoffs anyway. But like we get we get down to the dumbest minutia in these draft picks, right? Like so, like does something like that matter?
1: I here's my thing is like if you're going to spend a draft pick on a kicker or a punter right I mean it happens there's there's I would say I don't know the numbers but I would guess there's an average of about total kicker punter long snapper combined you might get five six picks a year you know that's honestly more
0: than I would have guessed one or two yeah it's some years it's zero for for one
1: position and one for you know so yeah we we had a a couple years ago we had a run on punters but like they would have to be pretty special and and have no major weaknesses, I would think, to get drafted. That's that's the case working against them, probably. But like you said, kickoffs have been so di- diminished in this game, in the NFL game now, and and college to a degree. And it also they, there's a lot of punters who do kickoffs, so that's not necessarily an issue if his distance is a, is a question mark. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to be be drafted, you have to be Jake Moody good, you know. And Moody was not as an NFL rookie, but as a college kicker. And, and, you know, I'm sure they'll ask him about what happened in that weird stretch 2022. And also what happened, I guess the beginning of this year, he was still looking a little funky. Right. I didn't. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, yeah, he did. I don't remember him missing too many kicks after the first couple of games. So uh, yeah, the kicking is the bottom line, but obviously, and it sounds different coming off his foot. Like that's the one thing when the, when the kickers are are doing it in the stadium, And last year was my first year to actually be in the uh, in the the dome during it. I know it sounds silly, but like you can hear a difference between a powerful kicker hitting it in an empty dome. Quiet. It's spooky. But and sometimes that's what evaluators go off of. It's crazy to think,
0: but that's that's a part of it, at least. I always kind of hate the argument like it's better to be undrafted than a sixth or seventh round pick, because then you can because I, I feel like a lot of times that's what people say to make themselves feel better about not getting drafted. But in the situation of a kicker, I honestly kind of believe it because there's only 32 of these jobs. Nobody's keeping a backup. So if you're undrafted, at least you can look and say, All right, well, this I've got a better chance to beat this guy out than I've got to beat that guy out.
1: Yeah, I mean, and real quick, the only uh, the only advantage, like other than where you you get to pick where you sign, I mean, Purdy, like Brock Purdy, was Mister Irrelevant, right? He cannot, by the CBA rules, sign an extension this off season because he was drafted. But if he was undrafted, different story. So that's one of those weird deals that I didn't even kind of realize until this this story had evolved a little bit. But um, and what, what was the original question? <laughs> I'm sorry, we were talking but about just about the, kickers kind of being able yeah, yeah.
0: to pick their spot, you know.
1: Yeah, I think it's 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 interesting to think about because obviously if you have, like, take the New England Patriots. They use a fourth rounder on Chad Ryland from from Maryland this year. I thought he was, you know, the second best kicker, and I was like, geez, fourth round, you know. They stuck with this dude all season long during a miserable season because they kind of had to because it would have looked right. awful if they'd cut their fourth round pick. So that may be the one kind of – you're almost guaranteed – you know, a spot for year one, but I'm with you. I mean, like, you know, most teams are probably going to lean towards not drafting one of those guys and they'll, they'll make them a priority. Like if they have to spend a little extra in bonus money to get the kicker they want, they'll do it. So yeah, I think in his case, maybe it, it would not be a a failure if he didn't, if he didn't hear his name in the first 255
0: picks or whatever. So by far the most interesting one, I mean, if I would have told you six months ago, we're going to sit down and talk about it, whether Cody Schrader's getting drafted in the NFL. Yeah, right. I, I mean, like I would have told myself I was an idiot. You wouldn't have had to say it. Is Cody Schrader going to get drafted in the NFL?
1: I think so. Yeah. And even as late as November, you know, I'm watching him tear somebody up and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought of him as a prospect yet. Like I got to do that all of a sudden, you know, it was just sort of weird to be in that in that headspace. But, you know, so I texted a few people and they're like, you know, is he, and then, like, oh yeah, this is before he had announced, you know, gotten the senior bowl invite and everything. And they said, yeah, he's, you know, he's on our radar. I don't think I was getting round projections or anything. So yeah, I mean, it's taken me a little while to sort of realize he may not fit, like what we think of as an NFL running back size-wise or speed-wise, but I'll tell you, here's a good one. Here's a good one. I had a conversation down in Mobile, and somehow Schrader came up with a guy who I don't even know if he knows I went to Mizzou. We were talking about somebody else at first. And I was like, who does he remind you of? And he he kind of smiled. He goes, all right, now it's a big name. I want you to listen to what I have to say. And he's sort of prefacing it all. That I'm like, you know, what's was he going to say, Herschel Walker? You know, like what's he right. going to no, actually he said Emmett Smith. He said that's who he okay. reminds him of style-wise. And I went, and it took me a second. And I went, okay, I kind of see what you're saying. As far as Emmett wasn't a burner, right. Emmett was thickly built, 5'10 range, you know, Cody's 5'8, 5'9, whatever. 210 pounds, Cody's 207. Okay. What does he what did Emmett excel at? Catching swing passes, making guys miss in open space seeing those small holes, finding a crease, knowing exactly where to go, uh, how to, you know, tempo and timing wise and everything was, he was brilliant at it. He was, and he was always falling forward. Like that's the one thing with Cody, you know, I mean, he would get smashed and he would tumble forward an extra half yard, two yards, whatever it was. His bad
0: runs were two yards instead of negative two yards. I mean, tell me there isn't a value
1: for that. Right. And down in the senior bowl, you know, I still think he has to work on his pass receiving a little bit. I think third down, you know, especially he's got real short arms, 28 inches. That's as low as a number as I can recall at that position. I mean, there's maybe Tariq Cohen was a little shorter than that, but I
0: I'm going to there... measure my arms after this conversation, by the way. I just <laughs> little
1: T to... uh, Rex arms. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had mind measure. That's uh, that's yeah. pretty special, but yeah, Cody, I mean, he's got some limitations and he's not going to be a scheme fit everywhere, but I will say that I would almost be shocked if he wasn't a day three pick at this point. And I think in the right system and zone blocking scheme, he, you know, he could be a perfect mm-hmm.
0: complimentary guy. Well, and uh, I hope you bought that guy in mobile who compared him to Emmitt Smith, the beer for being the first guy to ever not compare a white running back to Michael stuff.
1: Yeah, well, that's true. Right. Or, or like, yeah, who are the other ones? That's probably the, that's probably I mean, the good if, if one you, there. If
0: you're a white slot receiver, you're either Wes Welker or well, you're Wes Welker. Yep. So,
1: yeah. Right. Julian Edelman. Right. Yeah. I had a great story so, from, from senior Bull years ago where I asked like, why don't they come? I asked all the white receivers. Have you ever been compared to a black receiver? And one of the, the North Carolina kid was like, damn, I never thought of that. I haven't, you know, and he was really angry at that point. So you're, you're to it, something.
0: It, it all started back with, uh, with, the uh, Jason Seahorn, every white DB was Jason <laughs> for 24 so years. So. He's
1: still the archetype for white corners, right? Until Cooper <laughs> yeah. DeJean comes along this year.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So last one on Cody, just like, you don't get drafted because of your story. Like you've got to be good right. enough but I've got to imagine the story and the hype in what he will bring to a camp. Like, I, I think it's a tiebreaker. If you've got him and one other guy and they're like dead, even on your board, why not take the guy with that story who, you know, is going to come in and, and bust his ass every day.
1: Well, cause part of the story is this insatiable drive, right? This, this work ethic that speaks for itself and, and he'll get, obviously glowing reviews from everybody at the program and um you know, which doesn't always happen. I, people say, well, of course, they're oh, going to yeah. pump up their own guys. Oh no.
0: Like, I mean, I, I I know guys who specifically believe the reason they weren't drafted is because of what coaches said when the NFL came in. You'd be shocked because if
1: you don't get a good review from Mizzou or any other school for that matter, the coaches or the scouts are going, I mean, like they want him to succeed. I mean, you know right but. well
0: also, also people think, well, why would a kid not get a good review? And sometimes a coach knows not good enough. and I can't tell a scout he's good enough and he's in he shows up and they cut him three days in because then they come back next year and go, I'm not going to believe anything you say.
1: exactly right. I've heard that that story so many times where people say, look i'm I'm honest with these guys because otherwise I won't they won't believe me the next time and they'll, they'll think everything I say is, is full of garbage. So yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think Cody will get a glowing recommendation. He'll interview. Well, he's, he's a humble kid. I think that has to be part of it. You know, there's always an intangible grade that, that teams put on there and different teams do it differently, but character or however you want to phrase it, you know, whereas some guys are going to have the the little red check next to it, which is a bad thing. He's going to get the, you know the blue plus or whatever which is a good thing and so yeah at that phase of the draft like you're looking for guys who will either be able to make the team really the fourth round is kind of the cutoff and and like if he's not like we want somebody who's going to be working his tail off on the on the practice squad and be good for scout team and good for give our guys good looks and I mean, like, maybe that's the route he has to go. Maybe I'm, maybe it's like part of his story, right? Where we say, oh, he should be a fifth round pick for sure. And then he goes undrafted and we go, what the heck? And then he proves us wrong again. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't completely stump me, but I, I think at this point, I would be a
0: little bit surprised. So the, the over under for guys drafted here is, is probably right around six. We know four of them are, we think Cody probably is. Then you got Carlisle, Meavis, Hopper, like one of them, maybe. Right. Two of them, but but maybe one of them. So right in that range. Is there anybody? It, look, you you follow Mizzou like I said more closely than than most of the national guys do. So I wouldn't ask, you know, uh, some guys this question. But is there anybody on this team that like isn't going to the combine that you could see just wow at pro day? Uh, you know, Niles Gaddy, Chad Bailey, Nate Pete Some of these yeah. guys that aren't on the radar, but maybe does something this spring to to suddenly. Like, hey, flyer in the sixth or seventh round. De- it's Delgado, a uh, senior. Yeah,
1: Delgado, yep. Yeah, Delgado, maybe one of them. You know, Bailey would be, uh, there, there'd be some health questions, I think. Yeah. I'm just trying yeah.
0: to think. I mean, Pete is fast, but the production's never been there. Yeah. Gaddy, I think, has like, he has some traits, you know. Um, yeah. I don't know what he'll necessarily do at Pro Day, but, you know, like Jaden Jernigan, I, I don't think that's in. I, I don't see a way that can't that body
1: uh, yeah he's the camp body type <laughs> you know you hear like the the guy you bring in to fill out your 90 man roster once you've gotten up to you know 75 or 80 with your draft picks or whatever so yeah those are the ones off the top of my head again without without yeah niles gaddy i mean especially when you when you think about how much robinson and, and walker played this year or whatever like you know, there wasn't a lot of snaps left over, I would imagine. So it's always interesting to see players who were – there was a kid at Alabama, I'm forgetting who it was, like he started one game in his career and ended up getting drafted. So there are okay. exceptions where – well, Christ, he was behind the, two All-Americans.
0: It's the Matt Castle thing. Matt right? Castle,
1: perfect example. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Bailey, obviously good football player, has some, some rush ability and in, in blitzing and stuff, but – yeah, I mean, I would. That would be more of a UDFA camp invite type, mm-hmm. I would guess.
0: All right, we got a lot of just general draft fans, so just a couple minutes, and I know I'll, I'll let yeah. you go. Know. Like Caleb Williams got to go one one, doesn't he?
1: I yeah, I'm here. I, in Chicago. I mean, whether whether
0: it's the Bears or somebody else, I don't. But like, you're hearing about these three quarterbacks. There's there's no way that either of these other guys are getting picked before Caleb Williams gets picked, right?
1: If there's one of them that does, it's Drake May. I I talked to one guy who's who's not a GM, but he's a scouting director, you know, so third in command, basically, essentially, or uh, for his team, who said, I personally would take Drake. And and a little bit was now they both came from Air Raid Systems, you know, they both had better 22 seasons than they did 23 seasons. Both are unusual physical talents, although, you know, Caleb's a little on the small side. I guess if you had a, a team that was a little more hung up on quarterback measurables, they might favor Drake. If they felt like, of the two, I would say maybe Drake has a little bit more untapped potential where you felt like, boy, if, if you put him in a in a more demanding system, it could yield better results over the long term and give him, you know, a little more responsibility at the, at the line of scrimmage. but I, would, I wouldn't I would be wagering massive amounts of money on anyone else going one for right now, mainly because I don't have enough information to to dispel that. But I would say, like, right now, 80-20 would be my guess of the likelihood of Williams going one in May 2nd. But, again, you know, I mean, from February to April, I, things change so much, and it really is right.
0: – it, it's a catch-up game. Two purely selfish questions to finish yeah, who ends up being the best quarterback in this draft class? and why is it Michael Pennings?
1: Yeah, He's I mean, I know my favorite
0: you... college football player in a long time.
1: And you know what? Like he and Daniels, I think, have you know obviously enough college experience at this point, both played at two schools, both started as as freshmen, you know, both did good things at at both places. Um those are probably the two that if I had to guess in the right situation, could come in and have the best rookie year like you wouldn't shock me if Michael Penix went to the Raiders and beat out Aiden O'Connell right I mean nobody would or you know the Bucks decide they don't want to re-sign Baker they're gonna they're gonna let Kyle Trask beat out you know Viver with a rookie they're picking 26th you know mm-hmm. if Penix tests out medically well and that's a big ass because we're talking about two ACLs and two shoulder injuries that's that's sort of the biggest thing. The age—he's—he was Joe Burrow's age. I'm not—that doesn't bother me. He's actually a little younger than Burrow coming out. So, the biggest question is: Will he test well medically? If he does, arm talent-wise, it's—he and Caleb are the only two that I think you can put in that like top tier of like these dudes can sling it as as well as anybody currently in the NFL or you know almost as well. Um, and the others would be, you know, may would be close. Daniels would be a little, a little farther down, I think talent wise, Mm -hmm. but yeah, Penix is, he's sort of the X factor for me. He could, he could go anywhere from 25 to
0: 75 and it wouldn't shock me. All right. Last thing, how do we reverse engineer round one to make it so that somehow the Kansas city chiefs draft Brock Bowers, who takes over for Travis Kelsey after Travis retires after next year. Oh my goodness. I mean, because I, I have dreams about this. This is my personal draft fantasy, which I know will never happen.
1: I know. Yeah. It would be worse if, let's say, Jim Harbaugh took him in number five. Yeah, I know that's I, high, I but him. I mean, you put him with Justin Herbert, too. Like, I'm just saying, man, that would be, you wouldn't mm-hmm. be happy, you know, two weeks. Of course, they're the Chargers for right now. I've, I've but, seen it.
0: I, I mean, if he wants to go nine and eight every year, that's fine. I've seen it. In- <laughs> They, they, I think he's the one guy that. who's gonna win there, man. I don't know. Oh, I I just meant Bowers. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. they can they can they'll win the offseason season again. Bowers and be the West champs and it's fine.
1: Bowers, did you see that picture of him next to Gronk at the Super Bowl? Like I did not. They were just getting off a show or a stage or something. Gronk, you know, was six six two sixty five when he came out. So Bowers is going to look smaller than him. He's listed 6'4", 230. If he's 6'4", then I'm 6'9". I mean, right. without the afro, right? You know, like I I, I could not believe the, the size difference. Now, maybe it was the angle. Maybe there was a little bit of, you know, trick photography happening here. But I'm telling you, if he measured in at 6'2 and 3 quarters and 222 pounds, it wouldn't shock me. That's going to be
0: awesome. a big didn't, debate all of a sudden. Then let him fall. Let him right. Call. Then that's that my point is
1: that, 32. hey, he gets in that the late 20s and he starts
0: getting a little itchy, makes the move up. You never know. All right. Well, if if you make this happen, if you can, like, change his car or something, 98, <laughs> the Chiefs can draft him and I owe you dinner in Chicago next time I'm up there. I think you owe me more than that. I'd get fired, but, but yeah, a good
1: dinner. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't cover much beyond dinner. That's that's all the budget allows, but uh, all right, man. Appreciate your time. I know uh, I kept you way too long. I know you got a lot of stuff to do, but we'll we'll be in touch, man. Good hearing from you, dude. All right. Thanks a lot. That's Eric at home. once again, guru, NFL Draft guru from NFL media, does a great job. Seriously talk to Eric all the time, not just about NFL stuff. He's a Mizzou guy. You guys can can catch him on our message boards and uh, a super knowledgeable football guy, both pro and college. So appreciate him taking some time. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Hit the like button, subscribe, share, all that. I'll put this up as a podcast. If you listen to it, leave some nice comments. Talk to you next time.